0: I think in hearing each other, then we see each other, and we can have a a better understanding, and then that allows the space for us to to make mistakes.
1: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 363. Today, we're talking about authentic mothering with Soleil Moon Frye. of kids. Welcome back to the Mom for Mama podcast. It is summer here and if it is summer there, I hope you're staying cool. And- all that. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, if, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. And if you get any value from the Mindful Mom podcast, please go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It just takes a few seconds. Leave a rating and review. And I just would greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Soleil Moon Fry. Soleil Moon Fry is an actress, director, producer, screenwriter, and documentarian best known for her role as a child as Punky Brewster and her role in The Proud Family's Zoe Hauser, currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. On the heels of her recent Kid 90 documentary and reconnection to her teen self, Soleil is also raising her own teens, including her oldest daughter, who just turned 16. So I talked to Soleil about how she made a big impact on me when she was a little kid playing punky brewster and you know we talk about wanting to protect and prepare our teen daughters as they get ready for life behind high school we talk about teen mental health and the importance of being open and honest with your teens. so whether you have teens or younger kids this is a fascinating conversation. It was such a joy to talk to Soleil, and I hope you enjoy it too. And now, join me at the table as I talk to Soleil Moon Fry. Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to Mindful Parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over. You're losing it and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent. You don't have a cohesive method and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In mindful parenting, you can learn how to stay calm even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. All right. So this is so weird for me because you have no idea like what you did for me as a young child. Like, So I was, I don't know how old when Punky Brewster came on. I think we're, uh, you must be a couple years older than me. And for me, I had the whole, like the socks that were like reverse, like the two layers of socks, the whole thing. i had like a hat with pins all over. I was like this funky kid who like when I was in second grade, people would be like, Oh Hunter, you're, you're so weird. And then like Punky Brewster came on. It was like, wow, I had like permission to be this like funky interesting little girl and so i just want to tell you like that like it's so crazy for me like talk to you considering that that whole piece like it's interesting to imagine this impact that you had as like a tiny child
0: it's crazy oh thank you so much i hold punky so close to my heart and I think that she has this power within me that just makes me feel so connected to her punky power and I fully believe in it. I believe in the punky power. I believe in the cherry power. I believe that we all have this superhero inside of us that's just bursting to get out and fly and so I am very grateful to hear that and I really hold her so close to my heart because she is just uh, such an amazing character and just has so much strength and I I don't know where like punky ended and I began you know what I mean because I just felt so much like her and I'm really grateful to hear that
1: yeah yeah I mean it was super empowering I mean I think I remember I got out into the rest of the world and thought and saw like the the sexism and the patriarchy and all the different things and was a little surprised I was like oh I thought we had moved beyond that you know sort of as a young kid I was I thought things were better, but, but yeah, no, I was totally surprised. I mean, it's so fascinating. And so then I was like, okay, well, I'm talking to Soleil for the podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to watch, I had started watching kid 90. I'm going to watch the rest of it. And then I watched kid 90 and I was like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like this was like my teen years, like with much, you know, more attractive guys but like it was like all these I ended you know like partying with these kids and like doing these you know and there were people in my you know like I had an ex-boyfriend who died of an overdose and like all these people in my life and all these things and I thought my god like if this was my life and this was her life that she documented in Hollywood like how many other people like it's so fascinating to even think about like I mean, how similar that was for me. It was like such an incredible reflection. It was so crazy to to sort of see that.
0: And thank you so much. That was my dream of all dreams. Was that people would watch it through their own lens. You know, I mean when i when I started the journey, I, you know, it, it was it was opening Pandora's box. You know, I kept all these videos and tapes and you know all these audio recordings and every voicemail and diary and had locked them up in these bins you know and they were just in these tupperware bins locked away you know and and uh, and, and discovering them rediscovering them and opening them was really life-changing it changed my entire life it changed my perspective on the world you know when i set out on the journey i tried to make it about everyone but myself and about everyone else you know um it started as a totally different journey and there's a saying in documentaries that I love that is that if you set out to make the documentary you thought you were making, you weren't really listening, you know? And I like that. So as I peeled back the onion layer after layer, it just, it it was so deeply personal. And at the same time, my dream was that people would watch it through their own lens. And it's been so inspiring to see people watching it through their own perspective and their own histories and their own lens and and something that was really, Um, so beautiful. Uh, When I was cutting cut after cut after cut, I showed someone incredibly important in my life, and he's a much younger man, Hopper, and he said, I've been that 17-year-old girl in the pool, and I loved it, and and I held that so close to my heart throughout every cut. I was like, I always want that young man to see himself in the story, or that woman from, you know, from this, you know, state or this country or this man over here that like people were watching it and they were watching their own life experiences. And that was so inspiring because I, you know, I, I had someone whom I love deeply tell me at one point as I was, you know, I was, I was going through cut after cut and struggling so much. And I had people going, well, what's the story? What's the story? And he said to me, you know, I don't think there's any more universal story than the coming of age story. And I, I think that's really what it was. It was like the teen self coming of age at the same time as the adult self coming of age, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful to hear you say that and for the outpouring of, of incredible people through, you know, social media that have shared their stories and, Um, that have shared such personal stories with me, it's just been awe-inspiring and makes me wanna make more and more and more documentaries.
1: I mean, yeah, it was so like, <clears throat> I, I I think it was really well done. In fact, I told you, like I started it and then I finished the rest, like on the plane because I had started it and it was like too close to home for me at first. I was like, this is like, I didn't want to revisit like this time that was so intense and, you know, and there were parts that were dangerous, right? Like the the drugs and the different stuff that at least like I could see was happening there and was happening in my own life and- you know, the, the people who got hurt. And I mean, did it make you feel like, I guess for me, I was like, well, I remember looking back at some journals and then being like, you know what? I am just, I, uh, for my, my own personal journey, I like dumped them. I was like, I don't even want to read them. Right. Like I put them in the garbage and I was like, I'm a different person now. And right. so I think in a lot of ways it's like really brave to look at that, to kind of see, to see like, oh, who, who was I then? Because it's, it's kind of scary to look back at those things and then to say like, well, "Well, how did I survive this thing? Whereas the people around me were, we were all in this sort of dangerous pool and some people didn't, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and I think you're so, you're so right about that. I think there was times in my life that I would revisit for a moment and look at a diary or you know, try to watch a video. And I, I, I don't think I was ready. I, I don't think that I was at that place. And then I, an interesting thing happened. I, I turned 40 and I had this interesting weekend where, you know, I had this, you know, this, uh, this, this question that, that happened where literally I was like, okay, I, I have these beautiful children. I was in a beautiful marriage and I Yet at the same time, I was like, okay, wait, who am I separate from my children, my husband at the time, you know, like, who am I? Because Mm. I, I feel like I remember that there's like this artist inside and all of these things. And, and I think that I, I just had that, like that question of like, you know, I, I also, you know, of what it what is inside of me, that spark that I associated with youth, if that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I I always Mm -hmm. thought like, oh, this fire inside is like, that's what it is to be young. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. now I was like, oh, but like, what happened? And, and, And I also felt like we were so full of joy and happiness and light and love. And some of my best friends didn't make it out of that time, you know, and I remember, those people you know so many of those people that are in the documentary like we were so joyful and so happy like what happened why aren't they here now so i had all these questions and and so i went to look back and and there was such a rediscovery in those tapes and in those diaries and yes there was so much joy and so much happiness and also there was a lot of pain and uh and so to really like re-examine all of that and, and this fascinating thing happened, whereas the deeper and deeper I went, the more painful it was and also the more healing I was doing and the more this like fire that I thought had to do with being, you know, a teenager or, you know, in my early 20s, it was like it all started coming back, like that fire inside. And I was like, oh my God, like this is part of my sole purpose. Like I love journalism. I was always that kid that carried the camera everywhere I went and (laughs) I documented everything. And it was like, that was my life. And then at some point it's like, I just wanted to live in, you know, in this other world, which was also beautiful, having a family and all of those things. And it was so pretty and beautiful and, and joyful in so many ways, but I just locked it all away. So I locked the tapes you know, I stopped carrying a camera with me everywhere I went. I stopped writing in the diaries and I just was living in that experience, which was also incredible. But in this rediscovery, it was like that that fire came back, you know, and that that spark of like, oh, this is what it feels like to be like back in, in the art of it, you know? Yeah. And that
1: sort of creative aspect. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like after a certain time, like in motherhood, right? You're you know you're 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 create it's creative you're creating humans (laughs) you're you're you know you're creating a family you're creating rhythms you're creating all of these things you're creating traditions you're doing all this stuff and then after a while like as a you know your kids get to a certain age things are rolling things are cool you know and then where where is that that creative energy sort of going
0: um I mean, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because I mean, I am so, I mean, I'm so in love with my kids and this was such a, they, they even like sacrificed so much by going through this process because I was like going through my own, you know, teen years while they're going through their teen years, which was, was incredible that they have been so supportive. And also it, it, it I believe that the whole experience like led to such a transformation in our lives from my marriage to like our lives. I mean, just transformed completely.
1: Mm. I mean, so what did it make you worry about your kids? I mean, it's interesting because I think about that. Sometimes I think about, you know, so I, I like I said, I had a similar, very similar childhood, Tina to yours. And sometimes I think about, oh my gosh, like the things I did at the ages I did them, it's like hard to conceive now. Like my children are, it's such a different world for them. Like they're, yeah. you know, like I went on my first date when I was like with an 11 year old and did, you know, when I had, you know, I got the most drunk maybe I've ever been in my life mm-hmm. the summer before ninth grade year, like young things. Yeah. Like I did all these things like really young and yeah. I think of my children now, and that's like inconceivable for them. Like, the, you know, I have yeah. a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and they're just—it's a such a different world. It's like they're, they're, in some ways, it's so much safer for kids. There's like less teen pregnancy and all these just different things. But kids aren't going out as much, you know. It, it's like such a different world. So I don't know. I just was wondering, like, yeah, did it make you worry about your teens? Did it? How did it make you think about them differently? I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains.
0: You know, it made, it certainly like, it certainly made me relate to them more for sure. And, you know, I, I look at the, my, my kids are so incredible and, and I love them so much. And I look at what they're going through and I just, oh my God, like growing up at this time with social media, people's fingertips and, you know, uh, you know, the, the sexualization that goes on today, you know, I, I know what I was going through, you know, as, as a teen and now seeing it through social media and like the outlet that is there and that, you know, just the world that I just, you know, you want to shelter them so much. And yet I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. Cause it's magnifying times a gazillion. And I think, you know, when we look at mental health, I don't even think we've begun to scratch the surface of, you know, what is happening to the youth, you know, uh, around mental health today. Um, So I think, you know, everything was magnified so much in examining my experiences and then seeing what my kids were going through. And at the same time, I feel like it, it connected us so much and made us relate to each other so much more because, I would continue to kind of say, "Oh, I know, I understand, I've been there, I've experienced it, I know what you're going through." And it's like, "Yeah, right." You know, and then in the process of them, you know, watching the doc and seeing these cuts, they really got to see like, "Oh, she actually has been through it." Do you know what I mean? She actually has been through these similar experiences and although, you know, although they're different and they're so their own people, I think it made us relate and connect to each other even deeper.
1: Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's the only outcome you'd want, right? Like, is to like help it bring you together.
0: Uh, I totally. I At the same that. time, I think there's times when I'm like, okay, I'm. I, I know that I'm mother first and foremost. There are other times that I think because of this experience of living this doc in a way that I feel so young in so many ways. Cause it's like, I've been living with my teen self for the last however many years. So sometimes <laughs> I slip into that role of like, but they feel like such good friends. And it's like, I know I need to be mom, but I also like, I want to have, I want to have honesty with them and be able to talk to them and have these conversations. And I think sometimes I'm so honest or so open with them mm-hmm. that, um, that, I sometimes find myself like, God, I just, I just want to hang out with them because they're so fun. And like, I just, I, I love, I love talking to them. I love, you know, I love sharing with them. And then I'm like, Oh my God, have I said too much? You know what I mean? I like,
3: mm-hmm. I sometimes,
0: I sometimes question that, but then it's like, I, I, I know other people or friends that like don't really know what's going on in their kids' lives and don't know what's going on in their teenagers' lives and have not shared kind of the messier parts of their lives. So then their kids don't share with them and then mm. they're not really aware of what's really go- going on. And, and sometimes it's, it's, it can be, I think really dark because, you know, there's so much that's hidden, you know, and I would way mm. rather, my kids feel that they could be open with me and have an open line of communication than, than keeping
3: secrets.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I think that transparency is always better, you know, to be honest, to be real and transparent, even in, in all those things. I mean, yeah, we don't necessarily, I've certainly haven't told my kids everything about my childhood, but I mean, do you find that like, are there things that you, um, Now with your kids like so you have like a really open transparent relationship are are there things that you did like i think about like when my kids were little i listened to my four-year-old my daughter who's 15 now when she was four like talk endlessly about like my little ponies and like and like shutterfly doing whatever and you know twilight sparkle and and i feel like that piece of like listening was a piece that really allowed them to say oh okay like this is the habit like where i listen to you i see you i respect you do you feel like are there things that are there seeds that you planted i mean now look at if you you have a you have an older do- teenage daughter are there seeds that you planted when they were young that like allowed them to be so open with you
0: you know, I think that's a great question. Yes, yeah, I mean, we read a lot of the Giving Tree, so a lot of our <laughs> a lot of our foundations were from like early childhood books. Um, but really, I think you know, I always really spoke to them about um, about knowing what was going on and like just being honest about things. And um, and so, yeah, I think there was a lot of those earlier dialogues around coming to me. And by the way, it doesn't mean that they always did because they certainly have done things without me knowing and things behind my back, but, um, in, in the most loving way, but just, you know, because they are, uh, teens, uh, you know, exploring their world. But at the same time, I think that, I think they're a lot more honest with me than a lot of people are with their kids. And, and so, that's been, um, or a lot of people are with their parents. So that's been really amazing. And I do think it comes from having those early conversations.
1: You're working for helping kids, to parents to get to know and learn about the meningitis B vaccine, which I'm super excited to talk about. But I wanna, I'm thinking like that about our kids and, and the differences they're having today and the challenges they're having today and the mental health challenges that teens are having today. What are, what are you seeing as far as like the, you know, you saw, you know, you documented a lot of the challenges that were happening or a lot of the things that were happening in your own life back when you were a teen, what are you seeing now that's happening maybe through your own kids or, or through teens in general?
0: So, you know, I've asked my kids a lot about what they think is affecting mental health Amongst their peers most today, and we've spoken about you know whether or not it's social media and mm. and you know the effect of um, what they're intaking you know all around and and certainly I think that is you know a part of it and you look at the statistics of depression amongst teens right now and it's just. It's crazy uh, it's 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 mind-blowing and it, it certainly makes me incredibly emotional thinking about it and something that they said that i thought was an incredible observation is that it's not just about the likes and the things that you know we see of course we all know you know what's being fed to us of you know what the idea of beauty looks like to different people you know all of those things that we know about something that was really interesting though is that they brought up how through social media you're able to see everyone's lives and you're able to see all of your peers lives so there's there's so much of this this fear of missing out and Mm. you know when your friends are hanging out you see them hanging out with each other you see them posting together you see this person with that person at school and this friend group with this friend group and so we didn't have that when we were kids growing up, right? Like if you called your mm-hmm. friend and they weren't there, then maybe, you know, they were out with another friend, but then you went and did something else. You were at home and you, there was a chance to process, right? Mm-hmm. And you weren't getting that from 50 different people you knew through school, right? Or your, your, your middle school, your high school, your elementary school, you're not seeing everybody at the same time doing it. And I think that is a really compelling observation because you now have this magnification of seeing everybody you know's lives in all of these different circles going on and what happens to any kid whether you're someone that's more introverted or whether you're somebody that's extroverted when you don't feel seen or heard or like Mm -hmm. you've found your community or your person or your best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's got to be an incredibly lonely, painful place. And then at your fingertips, there's a whole world to turn to. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And certainly I think it's very easy to then, you know, go into trying to be stimulated elsewhere and get attention in other ways and and so you know I'm not a psychologist although I am fascinated by psychology and I certainly wanted to study it in college and started to and uh, and yet I'm an incredibly passionate person around studying human behavior and and to me I think that is something that I'm seeing that is um is something that I just think we're we're, we're just not Talking about enough, and I think mental health is, in in my opinion, is is something that is is so important to talk about and communicate about, and I hope that in some way my documenting or being a journalist will. hopefully dive into aspects of of mental health that I think are really important to examine and 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 ultimately without judgment, you know, to try to not have judgment around people. I I tend to really fall in love with the people that I make documentaries about, you know, or that are part of them. And and I feel like um, my dream is to continue to tell stories that are really moving and important um, that are really personal without being exploitive and, Mm -hmm. um, and to try to continue to raise the best children I can that are, that are socially aware. But so anyway, it's a long way of saying that I think there's a lot to examine, but I think that that is a really incredible observation that they had that I think is very, um, real.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like a crazy, like mental divide, right? Like when, if you were, when you were young and you were, your friends were out, you, you weren't seeing that you mentioned like this, this magnification, but this idea that like, also your mind can be with your friends, your, you know, your mind can be, it's like, there's a a, divi- a divide between being present to your own life, right? Like the, this it's, we're creating this situation where we're less and less able to be present to what is because we know all the things that are happening on the other side right we can't just say let it go because we can look at it we can see it and and that's you know that's so sticky and 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 alluring to look at and it's like this inability to 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 really embrace wherever you are, even yeah, I mean,
0: I'm I'm so grateful that my kids really like they they'll even take it upon themselves to take you know hiatuses from social media or from their phones, and um, they love to watch John Hughes movies and listen to music, and and so I'm so grateful that they have interests you know that are outside of um, outside of uh, like social media and things like that. I do think, though, that they are, you know, and, and they're so um, passionate about being of service to others, and, um, and they also are really incredible at observing the world around them, and so I, I just think it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating.
1: Yeah. I think that's really key is to like, encar- just keep that dialogue open about like, what is this doing to yeah, us? Right. How, how is this making us feel? And what else are you Absolutely. doing to, you know, what else yeah. can we do? How can we kind of combat this because we are kind of in like a crazy experiment, well, you know, with our Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. All right. So I just want to, so you're, working on promoting this meningitis B vaccine. I'm just curious because I think it's such a, this issue has become like crazy with the whole pandemic and everything. And I know a lot of listeners, you know, there are listeners who, you know, feel all different ways about vaccines. And I'm just wondering yeah, if you, did you ever have any hesitancies about like any vaccines you give to your kids? I, you know, you all in?
0: Yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of questions um, around vaccinations and, and I, I love that we've been able to have this open dialogue around, you know, I had questions around spacing out vaccinations and, and lots of questions. So I can totally understand that there's so many different people with so many different belief systems. Um, I think something that was uh, a real awakening for me is uh, I have this incredible honor to work with CORE, which is um, CORE Response is a a nonprofit that was co-founded by Sean Penn and Ann Lee and we started work after the earthquake in Haiti together. I started working with them and now it's been many, many years and we do disaster relief across the globe and uh, it's been truly next to my children, something that I'm really most proud of. And during the pandemic, we started doing test sites and vaccinations across, across the globe. Um, And so we have gone, we've had test sites all across the country. We have had, you know, we had the Dodgers Stadium site in which we had hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of volunteers every day. Um, We worked together with the Los Angeles Fire Department, the mayor here. We are doing work in, you know, Brazil. We've been doing work in India, across the globe, and have literally administered Millions of tests and and millions of vaccinations, and mm-hmm. you know, being being a part of that and seeing our team members on the front lines, it just um, really I felt so much more educated and, and so much more aware and and it really um, it really informed a lot of my personal you know um, my personal beliefs. So so it's a long way of saying that I, I literally have, have learned so much in the last two years. I think it's been a journey for so many of us. And, Mm -hmm. and really for me, the most important thing is that we get to have conversations and that we live in a country in which we can have open dialogues and conversations. And, um, and so when a dear friend and I were talking, we were, we were talking and she brought up meningitis B, which, I assumed that when kids are younger, they get the meningitis vaccination and that's that.
1: And like, wait, um, meningitis and, is the, what we remember in college as the kissing disease, right?
0: Failed well, or not. so, 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 it's inter- <laughs> so, 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 so meningitis. So normally when kids are younger, you have the meningitis vaccination. Meningitis B uh, does hit very much so um, ages 16 to 23, and mm-hmm. when kids are college age, uh, you know, and going off to college and sharing utensils or <laughs> whatever you said, right? And you know, they're they're in s- s- close quarters and all of that. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it can be spread and ultimately is a very deadly disease that can ultimately take someone's life within 24 hours. Wow. Uh, and, um, and I had no idea. I really didn't know. And I was like, well, if I didn't know about this, then I assume there's a lot of other people that don't know about this. And so it's been a really interesting learning experience.
1: And it's a vaccine that like is recently developed. So so my fifteen year old may not have had that now when she was young. I've got to like check, basically, right? Right.
0: So yeah. the numbers, so as an example, in, in twenty twenty they did a study and I mean literally the numbers of people that had actually had the vaccination, I mean it's it's literally crazy. Like seven out of ten um had not had the vaccination.
1: Oh wow you know, in twenty twenty. Okay.
0: Yeah, so then it, it's it's really it's really staggering, and friends of mine, you know, immediately thought, oh well, meningitis. Like my kids had it when they were, you know, younger, and so there's this assumption that it's the same vaccination, which it's not.
1: Okay, all right, so we got to check on it, dear listener. We got to check on our meningitis v- B vaccine and uh, and get it. I don't, yeah. <laughs>
0: So So I'll my have... daughter just got her first my daughter had mm-hmm. her has just gotten her first vaccination against mm-hmm. meningitis B. She's sixteen. She's getting ready to go off to, you know, she's looking at colleges and traveling and all of that. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) we had this conversation again, we had a conversation and that's really to me what this is about, you know, people can go to asktobe sure.com to learn more and really about having a dialogue about being able to ask your doctor, you know, that we get to be advocates for our families and have the conversation together. And I think it's just about educating ourselves to be able to have that conversation.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy.
0: And together we host the podcast, What Fresh
2: Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
1: because you are obviously very open with your kids. You're having a lot of open dialogue. Is this something that was the way, from the way you were raised? Like, was that a good seed that was planted from your own parents? um, Totally. Yeah. yeah. My
0: mom, my mom was always like, if you're going to do something, do it in the safety of your home. You know, like (laughs) if you're going to experiment, then please do it here. Not to say that I always did, but definitely like it was encouraged that we be honest and have an open line of communication for sure.
1: That's cool. That's cool. So they were, sounds like they were, or your mom, you were, were you raised by your mom mostly? I'm trying to remember. I, yeah. I watched your yeah. documentary. Yeah. I <laughs> Totally. <laughs> awesome yeah, and so, so you funny. wanted to pass down you wanted to pass down that you wanted to pass down that open dialogue are is there anything like you know a lot of what we talk about here on the mindful mama podcast we talk about wanting to change generational patterns right because we were passed down some really good things nice. and maybe some things that weren't so good so were there was there totally were, was there anything you were like i gotta change this <laughs>
0: A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I mean, there's so many um, things that that I've learned, you know, I mean, it's been such a, it's been such a wild journey. I mean, from, from the fact that, I mean, going for, through this transformation after being with someone whom I love deeply for, you know, I mean, I still love deeply, you know, but being married to someone for over 20 years and then, you know, and then as as life, you know, you go through these transformations and you grow and sometimes you go together and sometimes you go differently, you know, and and um, and so so there's been so many patterns of looking at it. And then I think it's super fascinating because we went through the transformation and like the first person that I dated, like the very first person I dated literally was there's so many similarities between he and the person that I dated like at 17 years old and kid 90. So it was like, I opened up this, like this, like literally time capsule and I stepped right back to my like 17 year old self. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, down to like, you know, I mean, literally down to like the tattoos. <laughs> music interest. I mean, I was like, let me open up the time machine and like, you know, and oh, this looks fun, you know, and um uh and with that said, it's so fascinating because In a way, so many of the things – and, you know, this is like a whole discussion we have to dive into when I come to talk about, like, my next documentary. But, um, you know, something that was so interesting is, like, there was a big part of me that, you know, had all these crazy wild experiences. And then it was like I settled down – not – you know, not that I just settled down. It was like, I found somebody who was very traditional and the total opposite of the different people I had dated and, you know, tradition and marriage and kids. And it was like, I had had such an unorthodox childhood in so many ways that there was this beauty and the stability of it. And so I found it really interesting that when I picked up where I left off kind of in a way there was still, you know, all of these things that I hadn't yet experienced. And so it's this really interesting thing where it's been like, revisiting my teen self in many ways and like this, Mm -hmm. this opportunity to like hug her and, and hold on to her and nurture her and also to do it with a new perspective because I didn't understand self-love the way that I do now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like being able to revisit that, that teenage me that maybe didn't feel good enough or didn't feel worthy enough or all of those things that, you know, I explore in the documentary Mm -hmm. with this perspective of a deeper level of Mm self-love. And so, you know, looking at it as more of a corrective pattern, it doesn't mean that there's not pain in it or that the relationships that we get into are going to be perfect or you know, that there's this perfect happy ending or or that you tie it with a bow. It's more like, how does this experience allow me to grow? And am I in my expansion? And that's something that I try to ask myself a lot, which is like, you know, are we constricting or are we expanding? And as long as we're expanding, then I think we're growing and that we continue to come of age at all these different stages of our life. And that we can, you know, create new beautiful patterns and, and not that we don't have to live in the same patterns of our past or, you know, Mm -hmm. of our parents past and, Mm -hmm. and in, you know, recreating these incredible, you know, new patterns, then like we allow our children to, to do the same and create their journeys, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, we create a permission in some ways, like through our modeling. I mean, in the same way, like kind of circling back to like Elon Punky Brewster, creating this permission for people like me out in the world to be whoever they wanted to be and to be sort of, right. you know, not like maybe conform to the mold and, totally. and this sort of creating permission. Now, thinking about this idea of like modeling and creating permission, you know, think about this that idea of like that worthiness that we may not have felt as a teen like I'm I'm with you there as far as that idea of like at this point in my life I've more ex, like I love and accept myself completely like I'm I'm right. completely okay with you know what I mean and not yeah. everybody can you know that's a incredible but like how would that piece about that how do you get to pass that how do you try anyway to like pass that on to your kids you know are, are we you know are we able to do it's that such a you know great,
0: it's such a great it's such a great question and there's moments where I feel like I'm doing incredible and then I had an experience recently where I was like I'm so strong and then I was like oh my god is what I'm doing right now teaching them that I'm not strong because I know that I, I've got this strength and I want to be like a hero to them and at the same time I'm human right and yeah. so I think that it's so much of it and something that I'm learning day by day is listening to them and, and trying to look at our experiences with empathy mm-hmm. and that maybe they might not understand today exactly what's going on, but maybe when they fall in love for that first, second, third time or fourth time, something sticks with them, you know? And as long as we're hearing each other And we continue to, to, I think, I mean, at least this is what I'm telling myself when I mess up and (laughs) I'm just kidding. But as long as, as long as I can explain my own humility, humanity, and, and the fact that I'm just doing my best, then maybe, um, it doesn't set me, you know, I think so often we look at our parents as like these superheroes that can do no wrong. So then it's like when they're up on this pedestal and then they fall, it's like, oh my God, but you're just human. You know what I mean? So the more that I can try to be empathetic and also uh, explain that I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm certainly going to try my best, then, then hopefully they can understand you know more and, and I think they understand more than I do so much of the time you know
1: yeah they're a pretty incredible generation I think
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: well this has been awesome Soleil I so appreciate talking to you like I said it's like such a fascinating experience for me to kind of draw this like circle in my life and, and, and talk to you in this, in this way. It's so fascinating to see like, uh, that, that sort of reflection and, and, and echo of experience throughout the years. And, and yeah, I really appreciate oh, you taking the time so to amazing. do the, do the documentary, to do the work. Like that's so I appreciate the bravery of that, and I'm glad. And I um, appreciate the
0: the work for the
1: vaccine. I think oh, that's awesome. Way to well, go! So
0: thank you. And and the one thing I would just add to what we were just talking about around our kids is something that I've realized recently is just how important communication is. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we underestimate just how much we want to hear each other, and that's something I'm really working on because. You know, I think it's so easy to get caught up in our lives. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, what's going on? Oh, cool. You know, and and just to be heard, because I think in hearing each other, then we see each other and we can have a, a, a better understanding. And then that allows the space for us to to make mistakes or to learn from our roller coasters of emotions. I think taking the time, though, to hear each other and communicate is 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 really to me what I'm learning i think the most important thing in in those relationships you know
1: yeah yeah i love that i love that you're underlining listening at the very end
0: cuz what, yeah. what i mean an and, and by the way it, i mean and because they've told me so many times like I, we just want you to listen we just want you to and finally it's like oh they want you to really listen and like just hear them you know and I, I'm I'm really trying to do that more and also to listen to my own voice because I think that my, my best friend, since I was two years old, said something recently that was so profound where she said, I just, I just want to hear my voice again. And I think so often in life, it's like the noise gets so loud and it's so easy to get so distracted. So just to take that moment to be in the now and center ourselves and try to rediscover that that inner voice and that inner knowing.
1: Absolutely. And and that can only make us better people, more present, all of that for our kids too, for sure. Thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate that. Thank this. you
0: so much. It was so nice chatting with you.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Our sound quality wasn't amazing, but it was such a cool experience to talk to. Soleil if you love this episode please do me a favor share it on your instagram stories tag me in it at mindful mama mentor and you can tag Soleil in it and you might as well follow me there fill your feed with some awesome mindful parenting inspiration thank you so much for listening thank you thank you so great to connect I hope you're enjoying this it's such a joy to be able to do this work to bring all these amazing people to you so I hope you're enjoying it please do let me know if you are. And I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. And until then, I'm hoping for you peace and ease and joy and moments of real presence and connection with your children. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. Namaste.